Hey everyone, it's Matt. And this is Lucas. And this is Thanks for Playing. The No Fret Podcast, where we break down the most iconic video games the medium has to offer. What's up, Matt? Dude, feeling juicy. How you doing? Phenomenal, as always, man. Playing some Valorant lately, enjoying life. Oh yeah? I'm really bad at Valorant. I know, I play with you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm pretty bad. I'm sitting at a nice... <laughs> nice bronze. Low I think bronze. I got placed into uh, Iron Three. So uh, um, humbling to say the least. I know my place now in life. Why don't and you tell I'll, the audience? Tell the audience your main. I am a, uh, a Sova main. Best arrows in the game. Best alts in the game. I take my teammates with me as well as the enemy. <laughs> <laughs> I like Brim. I like Sage, and I like Jet. But I'm bad at all of them. So we're <laughs> we're gonna get there. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, the competitive in that is a grind for sure. But yeah. I don't know. It's something to do. <laughs> you just got something to do. You just got to click on their head. That's it. I just got to click on their head and don't get hit. <laughs> All right, Matt. Corners. What what game are we talking about today? All right, everybody. Today we are talking about the number one insurance inspector simulator, Return of the Oberdin. Real quick, for those of you that have not played this game, we're going to do a quick run through of the plot of Return of the Oberdin. Fair warning, spoilers ahead. So, the Oberdin, an East Indiaman trade ship, departs from Falmouth to the Orient in 1802 with 51 crewmen and nine passengers. The ship fails to meet her rendezvous at the Cape of Good Hope and is declared lost. Five years later, the Oberdin reappears off the coast of England with most hands dead. The East India Company sends their chief inspector to determine, that's us, what happened aboard the ship. The inspector has received from Henry Evans, the ship's surgeon and near-only survivor, the ship's logbook, the Memento Mortem stopwatch. With these and other clues, the inspector works out the sequence of events after the ship's launch. The Oberdin had launched with a number of passengers, including two Royal Formosans and their guard carrying an exquisite treasure chest. Initially, Calamity struck after launch with one crew member killed by falling cargo, and two others were taken by pneumonia. However, a small group of the crew saw the potential of stealing the Formosan chest, and as they neared the Canary Islands, they abducted the Royal Formosans and the chest via rowboat. As they rode away, three mermaids attacked the boats and killed several of the group. The mermaids' attack was quelled when a Formosan pulled a shell out of the chest, stunning the mermaids, but dying uh, in the that, process. Yeah. <laughs> that, part was, that part was epic. Can't confirm. Confusing, though. <laughs> Get into that. Uh, the remaining crew members returned to the Oberdin along with the captured mermaids and their shells, but he is shot on approach by the surviving, excuse me, by the surviving Formosan guard. As they are brought aboard, the mermaids attack and killed more of the crew before they were subdued and locked in the lazarette. This, this part is crazy. Basically, everybody dies. <laughs> it's like they die... At the rowboat part, they die when they bring the mermaids on board, and then they die right after that. Actually, yeah, there weren't any survivors from that ship. I just realized, wow. I think every single person dies on the rowboat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, good yeah. luck. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> All Sorry. Right. The, uh, the Hoperden circled around to return to England due to the increasing number of deaths. As they started their return, the mermaids caused a terrible storm to strike, and a pair of sea demons mounted on giant spider cubs aboard the ship with the best intent part. best part. With the intent of reaching the Lazarette to liberate the mermaids, killing nine more of the crew before being put down. Shortly after dispelling the first assault, the ship was attacked by a, <gasps> a kraken. A 
cracking. It's cracking. <laughs> it's called it's called the Doom. Of the Doom. In the That's world the of the Return of the Oprah Den. Yeah. Killing of 15 more crewmen and the captain's wife, the captain went to the Lazarette and threatened to kill all of the mermaids in hopes of ending the attack. He executed two before the final one called off the Kraken. The shells and the surviving mermaid were tossed overboard with the mermaids agreeing to guide the ship back to England. The surviving passengers and some of the crew decided to abandon the Oprah Den and make for the western coast of Africa. Knowing that the yep. East Indian Company will investigate via the ship via the momentum mortem, purposely killed his pet monkey. The surgeon purposely killed his pet monkey inside it. They locked Lazarette and kept its paw for safekeeping before leaving with the others. The three remaining crewmen turned on the captain, wanting to reclaim the chest and shells as compensation for their hardships. Fair. Not knowing they're going to move Compensation for the whole crew getting murdered. Yeah, yeah. Won't, won't argue that. Benefits weren't great back then. Uh, not knowing he had thrown them overboard. Uh, the captain killed the mutineers and then next to his wife's body, committed suicide. Several years later, the insurance inspector is able to catalog all the deaths on the ship, except those within the locked lazarette. After the inspector leaves the ship, a fierce storm rolls in and the Oberdin sinks. The completed logbook is mailed back to Evans and the insurance report is written, compensating for the estates of the lost crewmen. A year later, the book is mailed back to the inspector along with the monkey's paw, allowing them to use the momentum mortem to discover what happened in the Lazarette and complete the story of the Oberdin. Man, this game is awesome. <laughs> this game is really, really great. I, I first heard about this game actually through a YouTube channel called uh, The Game Maker's Toolkit. That particular channel is a real big fan of the developer, Lucas Pope. I think Lucas Pope is one of the coolest video game developers out right now. What do we know about him? Well, Lucas Pope has created a few games. He's had a long video game career, uh, worked at Naughty Dog, created a lot of his own original stuff. We recently played a game called Papers, Please, both Matt and I. Papers, Please was great. Um, I thought it was super cool. I think like there's a lot of design choices in Papers, Please that kind of get echoed in Oberdin, although they're very different games. Lucas Pope as a developer is super big about getting inside the head of the player and making the game really happen on the inside rather than the outside. He's just an, a super talented, super awesome developer. I, I can't wait for more, more games in the future. Yeah, I first heard about it through, uh, I think I want to say I heard about it through another podcast, actually, either GameScoop or Podcast Beyond. I forget which one. Yeah, I heard about it and I heard about Papers, Please. And then obviously you and I finally had the chance to play Papers, Please mm -hmm. and talk about it a little bit. And then, of course, I think Oberdin was on sale, so we figured why not buy it. And yeah, crazy game. And yeah. it really does stand out, honestly, in 2018. Because like that 2018 was all around just in my opinion a fairly good year for games like you had spider-man come out on the ps4 god of war redemption 2 um like a lot excuse me red dead redemption 2 like a lot of big triple a titles and i think Oberdin very much holds its own against them even though it's obviously a smaller scale game it very much fits in in its own um, kind of unique slot yeah yeah for, first impressions matt what do you think i mean unique game the art style the deductive reasoning 60 deaths First impressions was, okay, my eyes, like, ow. <laughs> I don't know why, but the, the art style, the monochromatic thing he's going for is just, like, jarring at first extremely. I just wasn't used to ever playing anything like that. I never played any older games like that. So that really caught me off guard. But as far as, like, the actual game itself, just freaking daunting, man. Like, <laughs> oh, my God. 
like it was fun and I was into it. But to give context, I love games like Phoenix Wright, like those kind of deductive reasoning, puzzle solving s games. I'm bad at games like <laughs> I okay. I'm really bad. <laughs> my video game background, Phoenix Wright, I called my favorite video game for probably ten years. So I yes, I love 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 detective like deductive reasoning style games. I'm so biased here. This game was incredible. I think this game was amazing, amazing, amazing. So everything I'm going to say about it's pretty much a good thing. <laughs> I don't know if Mac says the same thing <laughs> hearing his first impressions of it. I didn't think I was going to be able to beat it. <laughs> like, I thought, all right, I have to do, talk about this game. I'm going to have gotten halfway through it. I don't know what's going on. Um, yeah, that, that was, was hitting me up. I had to give Mac boots. <laughs> it was, it was, uh, I had to give him hints. Yeah. Fun game, just very hard for me personally. Um, It's hard. It's hard for sure. There's during the middle part of the game, when you start really having to like do some guesswork, it is hard. But I think the challenge was just super intriguing. Honestly, I couldn't put the game down the entire time. I was thinking about it while I was at work. I was thinking about it when I was taking a walk, when I was cooking food, (laughs) and just thinking about the entire time trying to go like, man, who was that guy Stuart? Or like, oh man, can I figure out who's who by their uniforms maybe? (laughs) <laughs> just going from there man yeah and um, for me like up until a certain point i was thinking kind of the opposite you like oh shoot i have to i have to play this game tonight and get caught up <laughs> like, <laughs> but there was a point i will say there was a point where i did really start enjoying it um it just took longer than i would have liked but uh we can get into that later yeah yeah so um we'll move on to the next question here matt for you the mechanics of the game understanding how it works when did the game click for you I, I got the general gist of the mechanics very quickly um, after like the first or second uh, memory you go through. Because I think everyone, at least I believe everyone starts on the first memory of one of the like seamen trying to enter the cabin's captain's, quarters, captain's yeah. quarters. And I, I caught on pretty quickly after that. Uh, okay, it's all about dialogue clues and paying attention to the dialogue. And especially once you identify his wife and being able to connect that, okay, that's his wife. Yep. Um, and just trying to able to deduce things based off of that. That's when I was like, okay, this is how this game is going to work. It's all about dialogue clues and visual clues. And then as you get deeper into the game, it really just becomes about audio clues in general rather than dialogue and visual clues as well. So I, I caught on very early on, but I would say the game didn't really click for me until I got the hint from you to start paying more attention to my surroundings. Yeah. So that, that was my, my journey. And I really, yeah, honestly, I'll, I'll just say, I didn't really even start enjoying it until <laughs> I started paying more until you started get, you give me the big hints in the doom, uh, one of the chapters of the game. Cause at that point I was able to start getting more identities and, um, what was the big clue that I gave you? I don't even remember what I said. It was, I think I was, Pay attention to what's happening outside of the boat during the doom. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the big <laughs> one that like really got me going on the game was there's uh, at the beginning of the doom, there's guys that try to leave the ship. Yeah. And then on the upper deck, like midway through the doom, there's they a fall out. Where you <laughs> see, they all fall out. You see, yeah, you just boat. see in the background a bunch of people in a boat falling. And I was yeah. like, oh my God, I never noticed that before. And I had already spent like four hours on the game at that point. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> So that was where I started enjoying the game because I started getting the dopamine rushes. Um, of, <laughs> Love the dopamine rushes. Of getting uh, the, the sound cue knowing you got three correct. Yes, um, yes, I love so that. that. That was for me. How about for you, Lucas? So I, I knew what the game mechanics were generally going to be just because I saw the YouTube channel video on, uh, on the general premise of the game. So I knew what I was getting into right off the bat. I honestly started enjoying the game right after the first corpse. I think like what really pulled nice. me in. <laughs> okay. I, I, you just got to be smarter, Matt. You just, 
you got to yeah. get better at your deductive reasoning. Ah, we'll get there. Um, <laughs> my, I think one big surprise that the game, I think didn't cover the game or the, sorry, the video on YouTube really covered like the general premise of the game and obviously covered the cool art style and everything. But what really, really brought me in was the sound design right away, which we're going to talk about a little bit more later. But the moment I find the first corpse and I hear the dialogue between the captain and the two people trying to, trying to kill him and then the gunshot and then the music, it was like, Oh wow, this is amazing. <laughs> it was amazing. Amazing from the get go, like from there. And that's when it clicked. I mean, right off the bat, I thought it was super cool. Yeah. Just like the realization that you have to look in future chapters to realize what happened in past chapters was really good. Yeah. Um, that's when I really started having fun with it and really started I guess connecting it more. Um, yeah. So I had fun for like two hours, but <laughs> <laughs> I like the game. I like the game to clarify. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll pick a more um, like smaller brain game in the future, but art style, art style, man. What do you think big dog? Okay. So honestly, wasn't a big fan of the art style at first. <laughs> kind of hurt my eyes a little bit at the beginning. I, I think so. Okay. I, I think like the really strong polygon shapes like underneath the ship and like, those things are really easy to see, but when there's like things like fire or an explosion, I couldn't see anything. I didn't understand what was going on. <laughs> and for me, it felt like arbitrarily difficult to, to see stuff just because it's like, is that fire or is that water? It was just hard for me to understand what something was. Um, and like when things were smaller and granular in specs, then it was like, it hurt my brain to just look at. A little yeah, bit. no, I'm with you. Especially the parts yeah. like... Um, there's one part in particular where there was a scene where I think it's during the doom actually, where two guys are shot by a cannon and it's just like impossible to tell, <laughs> okay, not tell who are these guys. He's getting I feel shot. so bad for that guy. I think it was yeah. Matt Wolf or uh, something Wolf. He yeah, met, yeah. got shot in the head with a cannon. It was so brutal. Yeah. And there's another guy right behind him, but it was so hard to tell and like so hard to tell who was shooting and things like that, just because the art style makes everything kind of blend together to an extent. And the same things like you were saying too, like the fire. There were some parts where I like, I knew, okay, I see this guy died. Is that fire? Like, what is that? You know? Um, <laughs> yeah. That, that was pretty frustrating. The, that, that cannon, I think, killed three people at once. It killed like two guys. Yeah, it shot two shot people two and it, it crushed one guy. It yeah, crushed yeah. one guy. <laughs> that was a bad cannon to light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was a rough time. That, that part, honestly, was pretty, pretty brutal. Like that, just as a quick aside, like that part of the doom was so like scary. Uh, Dude, the doom in general was terrible. I had guys getting freaking ripped in half. I know stuff. a guy got ripped in half. A guy exploded. A freaking. Uh, it was high octane. Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> it was, it was crazy. high octane. For Especially sure. you experience it like in reverse order though too, because I think yeah. the first thing you see in the doom is someone getting crushed at the very end by like a mass or like a rigging or something like that. And then later you see that like they were trying so hard to fight this thing off, and like pretty much the whole crew died from the freaking doom. Oh, it was brutal, man. But okay, back to the art thing. I will say that I did find intention behind the art style a little bit later, which I really enjoyed. I think my eye, my eyes eventually did adjust to just the way it looked, um, and my eyes stopped hurting after a little while. And I think like the intention was that we're meant to be inside of an old black and white picture or drawing. We're essentially yeah. living inside the picture that the artist drew in the book, right? And I think like that kind of brought up because at first it's like why does it just look like this it just look like this to be an homage it's arbitrarily a little bit yeah. difficult to look at did you play around at all with the settings so we can change like the color of it all no i didn't i, I yeah. looked and then i switched it immediately back because i didn't want to like yeah i cycled through them but i just felt like the game was intended to be 
um, experience through the original the monochromatic yeah, style. That's yeah. that, that's what I got. Something too. I think would have been good too. Going off the comment about how you think it was kind of experiencing the memories through the artist book, I think it would have been really interesting too if while you were before you entered a memory, like when you're just looking at the shit or wandering the shit looking for corpses. Yeah, I think it would have been interesting if that was experienced in a more traditional um, style. I guess like normal animation, like three D style, whatever you want to call it. And then when you went into looking the memories, then it went oh, then you the, go to the thing, the monochromatic style, because that would have made it even more jarring and harder to get a grasp on things. I think which made would have made it more challenging, and would have furthered the idea of your, I guess, transporting into this book. Yeah. I don't know if that's what the memento watch thing was meant to be doing, or if it was just supposed to like let you see the memories rather than the transporting into the book. But if he was going for. Um, transporting into the book. I think that would have been an interesting way to approach it. Yeah. I think I agree with that. I think I agree with that. Um, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, sound design. How do we feel about the sound design? Wow. 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 Phenomenal. I mean, I think you have more to say about this than I do just from like, I mean, obviously there's the things like the, so much of the game is just based off the sound and getting things like the visual, actually not the visual, the audio cues, um, and the memories to just the music, which I, I love the music. Um, I thought it Dude, was such a the, wonderful job of the music. music. Yeah. The mystery atmosphere. Um, and like, I guess the kind of whodunit movie type genre almost. That's what I felt like I was experiencing because of it. Oh, I didn't, I, yeah, I didn't even think yeah. about that. And there were parts of it too, where like I, I was usually playing this game pretty late at night, like after I did my stuff for the day and I would get kind of scared. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Just like it put me on edge and the the sound after so like when you started investigating a new chapter and after it, it you do like the first um run through of the said chapter with the dialogue and everything yeah and then it goes to the part where it's like you just need to click and then it'll lead you to the next part there was the sound design there where it was almost like a rattling i guess i don't know how to describe it oh um, the sh- yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and then, and then you would click it and, and it would lead you yeah yeah the part leading up to where uh, the thing would float, the light ball, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Leading you up to that. that I think it was the, it was the out. soul. It was the soul of the person you were, you were trying to find. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I actually don't know that one. That, that little light, light ball fog thing did feel kind of like, what is that? It was ominous. <laughs> yeah. It was just ominous. Maybe it was very like, nervous, but I liked it. It was cool. I did okay. like the sound design on that thing though. It was yeah. cool. Yeah. I think, so my, my thoughts is I, I just think the sound design is so good. I think Lucas Pope in general, I, I think I mentioned it earlier, very, very big and very like, he prioritizes sound design over a lot of things. I think like there is no animation in this game and you don't even notice it. The sound is so strong. It eliminates the need to animate a gigantic Kraken monster. Think about yeah. that. It's just literally the, the gigantic doom, the crabs, the, the mermaids, like everything that's like really brutal and like crazy is just told through sound. I didn't yeah. say, and there's some there's some memories that you come upon that don't have a single bit of dialogue. It's just sound. <laughs> I think there was one. But the sound like, lets you visualize what's happening. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You could actually close your eyes and then, like, kind of deduct what happened. Like on the, you know, like I, the sound is like you're able to tell what happened on the boats when people were trying to escape. I think that chapter was called the the calling, right? When people were trying yeah, to escape yeah. and then the mermaids came. You like understood who was who um, people like were speaking a different language and then you were able to kind of like hear somebody die or get yeah. speared. And then like, you kind of knew who it was, right? Like, yeah, I, th- I, I think so- my, I think my favorite sound design parts, at least as far as the memories went 
was one was when the guy got uh, ripped apart by the Kraken or whatever. Oh, God. Just because it was like, you, you hear it happening and it's so clear. Like you can, the, the sound, it's so good that you can just, you can visualize what's happening. You know, yeah. it's, it's so obvious. Like, oh, yep, there he got ripped apart. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, then, and, then, <laughs> and then you see it's just like the, his friend is carrying half of his body, like, oh, God. Yeah. Freaking crazy. And then the memory where the artist died. Um, oh, dude, that was funny. I was so confused because I'm like, it was like a mixture of, is he taking a shit? Is he getting like <laughs> he was, shit squeezed right? out of him? I think he was, he was taking a shit. Yeah. Right? He was taking a shit off the side of the boat. So that's what it sounded like. Either that or like <laughs> the the kraken, kraken forcibly excreted it from. <laughs> that's even more. That's even brutal. It's crazy. That's worse than the the cannon death at that point. Yeah. No. Yeah. Honestly, the artist probably had one of the worst deaths because died with his drawers Ooh, down. It's who had the worst death? <sighs> getting ripped apart has to be just as far as like gruesomeness has to be one yeah. of the worst. That's the one that stands out to me the most. Charlie Charles. One of the guys that Charles went against minor? no 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 like the the chefs or like one of the mates I believe he died during the crabs oh he's the one, one that just fire. oh yeah <laughs> the guy that threw up on his own shoes and went, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah dude that guy oh dude that, I felt bad for that guy <laughs> yeah. he really he like poured oil and then got set on fire that was that was brutal but he killed the crab you know he did the he sad did. one okay so the death that got me. It's just a just a tragic one. Is uh, he had to, he died for nothing? Really, it was the guy that like they were bringing the mermaids into the ship after they captured them, and then they were the, all the guys were like bringing it down below deck, and then some guy got hit with the tail of a mermaid and got killed that way. Oh, yeah. and then, he was being a jackass though. He was like that was the cook, right? He said he was like, oh, let's cook this. It thing. Was the cook or the butcher or something? So, yeah. yeah, and then and then he fell, and then he dropped the cargo. And then the other guy got killed from the fallen cargo. Yeah. <laughs> so bad. I was like, oh, this poor top. Were man. those two things linked? I thought it was something separate. No, I think those were linked. I think those, that was the same moment. Oh. One guy got hit by the mermaid tail, dropped his portion of the weight, and the weight fell on the other guy and like stabbed his head through the thing. It was. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was rough. It was rough. There's a couple of guys that died from the cold, too. That was a, it's a sad way to go. Yeah. Very, very brutal for the time. All right. All right. Now, time for the Nani <laughs> section. Uh, Lucas, what surprised you most during the game? What, what made me say Nani? Nani? <laughs> uh, dude, honestly, the crabs. The, the, the yeah. <laughs> I remember I, I was so... Uh, so up to that point, I, I'm pretty sure I had already experienced the mermaids or mer people, whatever you want to call them. Yeah, I'm yeah. pretty, I, I had already experienced the Kraken. And at that point, I was just thinking, all right, yeah, mythical creatures, whatever. I remember <laughs> when I, got, I finally got to the memory with the crabs, I sent you a picture. I was like, bro! Yeah, dude, you were like, what is this? And I like, I just like, like nodded my head, just like, yep, shit's crazy, man. <laughs> yeah. Okay, mermaids. Like, we've seen mermaids before. We've seen a Kraken. We've seen Pirates yeah. of the Caribbean before. But, dude, the crab monsters. Seen, like, little devils riding crab people. I had not seen that. Riding shooting shooting yeah. spikes. And, like, the, the sound design on the crabs was really was creepy, too. Yeah, it was good. It was good. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, the, the screeching was just terrifying. Yeah, dude. Made it, yeah, and it, that's probably one of the reasons I was always nervous at night in this game. <laughs> yeah, the, the crabs, dude. So, okay, so I, I have... As everybody knows, we've been going through quarantine, right? And the first five, six weeks of quarantine, every Saturday I watched one of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Okay, so then <laughs> then we played Oprah Dinner a few a few weeks after I finished the fifth one. Okay, so I was really in the 
pirate sea ship mood, right? That's, you know, we've seen the Krakens. We saw the mermaids in Pirates of the Caribbean, yeah. Yeah. right? But we did not see those crabs. We did not see those. I've never seen those crabs, man. As, as far as the expanded sea lore universe, those were a surprise, right? Yeah, I can't, I can't really think back to any time I've seen that. <laughs> yeah, I got nothing. Um, and, and for the audience, I, I want to say that most of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies aren't good. Please don't think that I have bad taste. I think uh, first one's a classic, and the fourth one's really bad. You know what? They're all pretty bad, except for the first one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the second one's okay. I think. Oh, there, that's, you know, this is for a different podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we're talking about this. We're talking about this. Okay, Dead okay. Man's Chest, second one. Davy Jones. I've only seen the first three, I think. Really? Don't even watch the fourth one. The fifth one, though, goes into the origin of Jack Sparrow. That one's, that part's cool. But do we need to know? You know, it's like, do you need to know the Joker's origin? You know? I mean, no. <laughs> exactly. I like Jack Sparrow. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sure it'd be fun to watch. He would have been, he would have survived have a small the brain. He would, oh my God. He would have survived the Oberdin for sure. Well, yeah, he survived the freaking Kraken and <laughs> whichever one that was, second or third. See, now we have to put a spoiler warning in before this podcast. Oh, yeah. Spoiler, like, Stoberdin and Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> We're now converting to Pirates of the Caribbean <laughs> podcast right here. Um, okay, so I think next one, favorite moment. What part of the game made you go, whoa, Matt? It's not necessarily the moment that made me go, whoa, the most, or like, I guess was the most like, oh my God, this is amazing. But for me, the most satisfying moment playing the game was without a doubt the figuring out who or Charles Miner's fate. Um, he was the Burson's mate, I believe. And with the dialogue you get, or is that, am I saying that? The Burser? No, the Burser is boss, 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 something like that. Yeah, these old um, sick timey terms, man. They didn't, they don't have those in parts of the Caribbean, so they I don't, don't know how to pronounce them. But the, the the clues up to that point lead you to believe the guy that gets ripped to half in the doom is Charles Minor. Yeah. There's a scene later where the Boston or whatever his name is, the head guy, um, is taken away for his injuries. And he's like, oh, what happened to my Frenchman? My Frenchman, yeah. And he's like, yeah. oh, he got ripped. He got torn apart or something. So you assume and, it's the tattoo guy. Yeah, it's just, okay, it must be the tattoo guy. I thought, I was so surprised because I that was one of the first ones that I felt sure about, right? And the whole time... I was like, why won't this get, why won't this click? You know, why won't I get this, uh, this fate checked off? And then it was one of the last fates I got where I was revisiting the very last chapter in the doom or like the second to last. And I see, um, next to the boss, Boson, 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 um, we see a guy that's just like trying to stab one of the tentacles of the Kraken as the Boson gets his arm wrapped around before it gets inked off. Right. So I was like, wait a minute. I have no idea who this guy is. I have no idea what happened to him. And I know that the guy who I think is Charles Minor, because I've seen him on the top ropes, I know he's a topman. And I was like, wait a minute. Wait, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> then, All coming together. And then I, uh, I, mean, I connected the dots. I made that guy Charles Minor, torn apart by a terrible beast. Yep. And I got it. And I felt great about myself. Yeah. Yeah. The game is good at giving you like a little bunch of little aha moments for sure. I think that was like one of the coolest things was like connecting someone's fate and then like finally figuring out who that guy is. It was so cool. But my, my favorite moment, honestly, is probably seeing the doom for the first time. I know we, we were really big on the crab warrior, crab sea warrior guys, but just like the first time you see the doom, the music kicks in in a certain way. And it's like the really epic song 
And like, you just look and there's just this crazy beast and you're just walking around. I thought it was so cool. Cause like, I mean, it sets the tone for sure. It, it, does, it does. It makes you realize that like, this was a brutal thing that happened on this ship. Cause up until yeah. then you see like a mutiny, you see like some, something clearly went wrong, but you don't know exactly what went wrong. Yeah. Like up then, until that point, Pirates of the Caribbean was the better piece of media. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. And then like, you know, so, so we didn't really get to experience the Kraken and pirates like we did in this game. That's why this is exactly. so cool. Because we had yeah. to see like how brutal like people getting ripped apart. We were in the, we were in people's faces. We saw how like, fe- how fearful they were, how scared they were, how like, it was crazy because that whole moment, and this isn't just the first time you see the Doom, but going through that whole memory is like, you see that, if it was a lesser writer or a less creative person, they all just would have gotten ripped apart or thrown off the ship by the Kraken. But a lot of people died from like misfiring a cannon or getting crushed by some cargo, or, you know, they didn't die during the initial attack of the Kraken. They died like moments before. There's all these little things that like, there's just so much going on at any given memory that you're like, it, it's, it's hard to keep track of. It's tragic. It's, it's yeah. scary. It's crazy. It's like, that was one of the oh. challenges of the game too. It's just, there's so much going on at every freaking moment. I know. Or it's like, whoa, this guy was getting torn apart by the Kraken while these guys were trying to get guns above deck. And these guys were trying to load the cannons and then the cannon crushed this guy. And then it's like, it, it, and then these guys fell off the ship and fell off the yeah. boat. It's crazy. I will say too, um, I guess backtracking a little bit, that was also one of my favorite parts of the game in general and like design parts was just that, sometimes the memories where a person was dying, you did, that's not where you learned anything, you know, you didn't yeah. learn anything about that person. You had to explore the surroundings. And I, I really appreciated that because it, it was misdirecting because I would just assume, okay, I'll learn everything I need to about this person and this memory. Yeah. But that wasn't always the case. And that was cool. I, I thought honestly that once I got every single memory inside the book that I could everything up until the bargain, I thought I was going to know way more about who was who, but I didn't, you don't know anything really. No, <laughs> at that point, dude, it was a stressful game. <laughs> <laughs> dude, you really struggled. You really me, struggled with yeah. the game. Yeah, I, I was enjoying it the whole time up until the part where I had to do a bunch of guesswork, and that's actually bringing to our next segment. Matt, you want to introduce the name of this segment? <laughs> what would Mickey like, aka what sucked about this game? <laughs> okay, just uh, we we got it. We got a friend. His name is Mickey. Good guy. Good guy. One of the best. One of the best guys. He's just got some weird opinions on games sometimes. So, you know, we just, he might like some of these things that we, that we are critiquing here. That's, that's the, that's it. It's good our guy. homage to a good friend. <laughs> okay. What, what I think Mickey would like, uh, I think the lack of an aha moment for me, I think whenever I've played a lot of mystery games, I know we brought up Phoenix right a second ago. And even like, you know, when you read a mystery book or watch a movie, there's always a big, huge reveal aha moment and and like a it all comes together at once you know this game didn't really have a big aha moment it was kind of a bunch of small aha moments which is fine it's it's actually more of a unique way to experience mystery that that's still very interesting but i was expecting and this goes into my second critique i was expecting the bargain chapter which is the last chapter that's hidden up until you basically finish the game i was expecting the bargain chapter to have a little bit more of a twist but yeah right there with you confirms what you already know Yep. I think that's just the nature of the game, right? Like a small bunch of aha moments, confirmation after confirmation, corroborating stories, corroborating timelines and stuff yeah. like that. So I don't think it's, it's a miss. I think it's just the intention of the design to have the bargain chapter played out the way it did. But that's my only thing. That's my only real critique of the game. Yeah, my only... 
I, I have pretty similar critiques to you, especially on the bargain chapter. My thing with the bargain chapter is it's led up to believe like it's going to be this aha moment. Cause you know, it's like the whole, I feel like one of the bigger mysteries of the game is what happened in this chapter. Right. Right. Cause you don't even get access to it until you figure out everything that happened on the ship as is. That was just a little disappointing for me personally, that there wasn't that kind of big plot twist. Cause it was like, okay, they had to make a deal with the uh, mer people, mermaids to get the Kraken to stop. Like, right. I feel like, well, I, I did I personally deduce that. Like, that wasn't anything shocking. Like, I could have well, came to that conclusion on my own eventually. <laughs> the chapter was called The Bargain, and right after the chapter, the Kraken stopped attacking. So it's, yeah. like, pretty clear that there was some sort of, like, deal that was made. And, yeah, and exactly. the Kraken stopped. So it was, like, a very, like, straightforward, like, reveal for me. To be honest, this is, this is not a critique or anything, but I thought the game, there was going to be some sort of twist where someone was in a memory that wasn't supposed to be in that memory. And there was going to be some sort of weird like crossover or uh, yeah. somebody was immortal or somebody like shouldn't have been dead. I thought that was going to be like kind of a creepier. Like some like third power, third party power at play or something. Or yeah. Yeah. Something like that. I thought there was going to be like some sort of unanswerable question kind of thing, but um, it kind of all ties it together nicely in a little bow. Which is yeah. cool. As far as the aha moments that you were talking about, I do want to say I think the game well, the story itself didn't have maybe necessarily any aha moment, any aha moments. Mm -hmm. I think the gameplay gave you sort of the same feeling and satisfaction of aha, like I got it type of thing. You know what I mean? Even if it wasn't the aha surprise story wise, I still got that same kind of rush by making the connections and figuring things out. I think. Yeah. Like I can't like the Charles Myers thing was just very you really you love that you love that, that thing that was the best moment of the game. <laughs> no questions asked yeah, yeah. um charles minor charles minor baby um <laughs> i i do think though there were questionable choices design wise as far as depicting some of the deaths went because there were points to where i got to the game and i clearly see okay this person died but like i don't understand is was this them oh, getting eaten? I know. Was this I, yeah, them getting clawed? Exactly. Yep. Did they fall off the rigging into the ocean? Did they fall off the rigging into the... So I, I didn't like those parts because at that point it was just me scrolling through deaths trying it to... It was guesswork. It, it was guesswork. Yeah, that's... Okay. Yeah, thank you for bringing that up, actually. that That is uh, something that I think Mickey would like as well. It's like just... <laughs> there was a point There was a point where you're literally like, okay, this person is clearly getting eaten by a mermaid. So I'm going to make the death cannibalized by a terrible beast or whatever it yeah. was. And then it's clawed and, or something. And it's clawed. Yeah. And it was clawed. And I was like, well, and then I look back to the memory. Did she get clawed right before she got bit into? I'm not quite sure. And I think there was just a lot of, I don't know, maybe that's the, that's the part of the game that's supposed to be challenging. But for me, it was just a little arbitrarily like defined. Yeah. And it kind of uh, took away from the excitement of getting the, the memory correct and getting the fate correct. Cause at that point I was just like, well, I personally know it happened in my own eyes. I don't yeah. know what, Lucas Pope thinks happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mr. Game exactly. Yeah. Mr. Game, Mr. Game Designer Man. No, yeah, I think that was the only thing that was a little tough was just figuring out and guessing those different fates. But then when, yeah, when there were some fates that were pretty obvious, that was, that was really cool. The thing like with the Charles Minor thing, like you're bringing up, there was like a small twist in that one because you're, you're it's a misdirection, right? It's not arbitrarily difficult. It's just like, oh, this guy got torn apart. So you're assuming only one guy got torn apart, but it's possible that two people did, but you just missed it. And that, that's like a really, yeah, I don't know, that's it's a really interesting thing. So it leaves, yeah. like, you have to do a lot of deductive reasoning. That's yeah, <laughs> dude, yeah, deductive reasoning. Yeah, man, overall, um, my just concluding thoughts, final thoughts, things, this thing has the Lucas Luna seal of approval. I think it's a phenomenal game that everybody should play. 
or at least understand or watch a video on it or see how cool it is. I think like my dad would enjoy seeing this game. You know, I think like it's kind of a, such a unique thing in terms of like just the mechanics of it and the mystery of it. Yeah. Um, it's just so cool. You know, I think it crosses generations. I think it's like insanely unique, big Lucas recommendation for sure. And real quick, let me ask you, Lucas, would you, I know we've already played Papers, Please, but will you continue to play Lucas's, Lucas yes. Pope's games as a kid? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I think he's a, I think he's a great developer. I just, honestly, I'll just, I'll just play him for the sound design at this point because yeah. Papers, Please had that great, that super good sound design too. And then yeah. over Din, same thing. I think he's Absolutely. just an insanely good developer. He's got a lot of creative freedom and creative control, really cool themes in his games, especially Papers, Please, super, super cool setting and theme. Another big recommendation if anyone's trying to play any other games by this developer, because if you're listening to this podcast, you've probably already played Oberdin. Hopefully. <laughs> and if not, that's fine too. Go play. You'll still enjoy it because there's so yep. much to figure out. Does this, uh, does this podcast have the uh, Matthew Rockaby Segoy of approval? Hi. Uh, this podcast does have the Matt Rockaby Segoy of approval. Well, I did complain in the beginning and I stand by those complaints that it was very difficult for people of my IQ level. <laughs> I enjoyed it. It was fun. I, I wanted to finish it, even if I was frustrated with it, just because I was like, it was interesting. And it was a story I wanted to learn about and figure out what happened. And it did make me want to keep finding out the next fate and finding out the next, discovering the next memory and things like that. So I, right. I, I, I liked it a lot. Uh, it was fun. While difficult, it was a lot of fun. And it was interesting. And you know, I, I, this is what I like about Lucas Pope's game is they're very kind of experimental. I think papers, yeah. please was very experimental. I don't Different. know of anything else like papers, please personally. And while this game does obviously fall into the kind of like detect or deductive reasoning detective category, I don't know any other games like this. Uh, and yeah. any other games that really call upon your, in my opinion, your brain powered this much and ask, ask you to think this hard. Yeah. Um, I think he's super idea driven as a developer. Dude, he, where he, he, he's a big thinker. Yeah, he's a huge. He, he has a huge brain. <laughs> Papers, please, was just like work. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Dude, that game did feel like work at, at a certain uh, point. Maybe so he, we'll do that game on the pod officially. Yeah, he, he clearly loves having people use their brain and going outside the traditional metrics of what a game can be and the traditional yeah. idea of what a game can be. So, exactly, that well, has so. the Segoy of approval. All right, awesome, awesome, cool. I think that's all we got for today. Matt, where can we find you online? We found on Twitter at Great Job Matthew. And I could be found on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Great Job Lucas. All righty, folks. And if you have any questions or anything you want to bring up, you can also email us at thanksforplayingpod at gmail.com. Awesome. This has been Thanks for Playing. Catch you next time. <laughs>